Welcome to the Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy podcast. My name is Wanaka Overhuber, and I'm your host. My guest today is Martin Pettet. Hi. Hi, Wanaka. So happy to have you here. And I will start with the big question that I like to ask at the beginning. How have you come to see the world the way you do today? You need to unmute when you're speaking. <laughs> okay, so um, thank you. I really like this question because it's such a wide, um, wide-ranging um, question and um, my first answer to it um, is going to be that uh, is that I have only been view viewing the world the way I see it today for a relatively short period of time it's just a question of a matter of just like a few a few years and um, Prior to that, um, there is a, uh, a phrase that's sometimes applied to, to the awakening process called the dark night of the soul. And um, I think I can say without too much exaggeration that I had a dark 50 years of the soul. And um, possibly even longer if i include my my childhood and um a it was um so um that period um i feel in this in this um in this podcast i i need to give that that time um some attention and some i need to give give that about 50 years uh some time so i'm going to i'm in the first part i'm going to um, talk about my my early life and um, then hopefully I'll, I'll be able to get on later about how i awoke from this uh, from this dark dream that um, was my life until just a little while ago so um i'll start um I'll start at the beginning. I was I was born in um, England, um, the very early nineteen fifties, um, just after World War One, two, <laughs> um, and I can remember um, can remember that my my mother um, using ration books to buy food and stuff like that. Um, so, but the fifties, I think, was a a very good time overall to be born and to grow up in um, and um, even um, but however I I did not have a good time <laughs> let's put it like that and um, I um, and this is kind of a a, a, a um, this is 
kind of a a um, trend that continues throughout my life in a way and it's a little bit like the movie that uh, the movie forrest gump which um most of you have probably um, seen or heard of um and um, ex except that forrest gump um was you know experienced all these um major kind of moments in history and actually took part in them and um called the movie and uh, but but with me um i did i i experienced them but i missed out on them and this is kind of like a trend that that continues um in my life throughout my life and um so yeah my 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 childhood was not a happy one and obviously that has to do with with um with my my home the beginning um uh and um it was not some it's like i don't blame there's no blame there for my parents um they were who they were they 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 were who they were because of what they how they had been influenced by their parents and etc cetera, etc cetera. so but the situation was that um yeah i was uh born into this environment and um but there was no there was no physical overt physical or emotional abuse that was that happened uh it was it was um now there was no you know drunken father um um violence and no shaming mother or anything like that my parents were pretty normal middle class people um my father was a um a university lecturer my mother was a 50s housewife and um yeah so there was no there was no overt um physical or emotional abuse present and there was no physical neglect um in other words my mother you know took care of brought me up and did everything that she needed to do as a mother um in taking care of myself and my younger brother um however there was emotional neglect the way i can describe it um through no fault of their own of course um my parents were unable to somehow convey to me the that um validation uh that it appears most most other children get from their parents and um i uh a lot of it was about just physical physical um attention you know physical holding that kind of thing um and other things too it's, it, there's a lot to it and i'm not going to go into that particularly but um just 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 to give an example of the kind of child i was um we had this this dog that uh um 
was kind of a little bit wild and we put it in we put it into a um we had it in a, in a kennel in the garden and um i used to go down there and i used to spend literally hours four or five years old now uh, i used to spend literally hours in that kennel lying in that kennel with a dog getting the attention that the physical attention that my that my parents um were not giving me and um so i felt and i very early on i felt this this i felt there was some kind of lack in what i what i had compared to other children and it didn't take me too long to realize what this was it was just this kind of yeah i suppose the easiest word is some kind of validation um, from my parents and i guess particularly my mother but both of them in a way and um so i grew up um as a child kind of fearful withdrawn somewhat shy inhibited vulnerable generally not feeling good about myself and feeling somehow inadequate inferior some perhaps um and very threatened by the outside world when i i went out in it and um i i would often withdraw into my own world my own world of my own imagination i was very comfortable there um, but whenever i went out to other people um it, i felt you know i felt kind of threat i felt uh, some kind of fear and um that that continued um that continued yeah you know, throughout my childhood and um adolescence and um so at this point i just like to to sort of identify um three strands if you will in my story and which which i'm going to follow and those strands are first of all the physical what what, what i call the physical um what i was what i actually did what i actually achieved etc and the second one is what i call the emotional what i was feeling about myself as my mother would put it how i felt in myself how did i feel in myself and my relationship to myself and to and to other people and so there were those two strands which very often were very very far apart in my life and the third strand was the third strand is a spiritual which didn't really begin for a few years so um you know i'll get to that pretty soon um so um yeah my childhood and adolescence then um characterized by great real un unhappiness and un emotional unhappiness the way i could perhaps put it um feelings of social inadequacy um 
and um, I was often victimized um, at school and uh, I did my I, I did my share of bullying as well <laughs> when I could, but I was I was pretty low down on the on the pecking order, if you will. And um, and I was often basically quite lonely. Although I had a few friends, but um, not really all, all that many. Um, and. Um, However, physically, um, the physical thread was um, went pretty well in terms of my achievement. Um, I was quite a high achiever academically. I was sort of egged on by my father, who was like all fathers, wanting me to be another version of himself. And um, I. Um, <clears throat> I did pretty well academically. Of course, that didn't endear me to socially at all, but uh, I did well. And um, so I was able to go up to university um, at, um, at the age of 18. Um, so that's take, that takes us through into the, into the 60s, the next, um, you know, significant time, if you will, in in my life and I grew up um, at that time and when I went up to university was the height if you will perhaps of the uh, of the 60s of the the whole what's called the counterculture um, that developed at that time um, and there were two of that counterculture really had two currents to it the first one was what I call the political, um, which um, really manifested mainly, particularly in France and Germany at the time that, that I was at this time. And, um, but it also affected um, England as well quite a lot. And just the kind of revolutionary, Marxist revolutionary, um, thing that was going on and particularly in, in Paris in 68 and all of that and I got um, a little involved in I got involved in that uh, in my first year at university and about a half a year after that and then I quit completely never to go back to it um, so that was the first but the second current um, of the 60s was, shall we say, the spiritual, the spiritual, and um, particularly, um, um, particularly evident with the, of course, the hippies in, in, in this country. And there was a similar thing going on in, in England as well at that time. And, um, Two two subcurrents to the spiritual one. One was particularly involved with drugs, um, and in particular LSD. And um, I was um, somewhat somewhat involved in that, but um, 
that was quite limited um, for reasons that I will explain shortly. Um, nevertheless, I did um, participate in that to some extent. The other subcurrent you could call the alternative religions, um, spirituality, particularly Eastern religions. And this I was pretty immediately attracted to. And so here really kind of starts my, my spiritual thread strand and kind of begins. And um, I got involved in, well, we'd be, you know, I'd be reading people like um, uh, Alan Watts and Jack, Ker Jack Kerouac and uh, Timothy Leary. And um, I, I, I do remember um, that um, the age of about 18, I, I think I was about 18 or 19, but some of my friends were even younger, like 17 years old. And the thing to be reading at that time was, um, the in thing to be reading was the Tibetan Book of the Dead. <laughs> um, often with the aid of quite a lot of acid. <laughs> I do believe Timothy, Timothy Leary wrote a book um, somehow connecting the two. Anyway, I, um, I got, um, yes, I did get in, get involved in that. And like I say, that is sort of the beginning that the spiritual current in my life, spiritual thread in my life. Um, so I did two years of my, of my um, school, um, my college, my university degree, a very difficult very hard degree actually and studied literature and philosophy together <laughs> and uh, um, I was quite pleased that I was able to actually complete my first two years um, at university um, although socially I was certainly was 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 having problems academically I was I did pretty well and then I started on my third year and after about six weeks, I had my first, what I call, nervous breakdown happened. And um, so here again, I'd like to just, just a brief, um, uh, a brief reference here to something else, to, an, to another um, feature of my, of my life, and that is that, um, well, most people, I think, I understand most people experience early childhood trauma in the form, later in life, in the form of chronic Ill, chronic physical illness. And, um, but with me, um, things were different. Um, for some reason, um it was not my my emotional it did not go it, it did not go to the physical it did not go to the physical body the trauma um i i i've had a very physically a very quite very healthy life physically and haven't had any serious illnesses apart from one which was hepatitis c which had a very clear physical cause um, aside from that, um, I've been 
been very healthy, um, quite robust, and very um, survived pretty well physically. But mentally and emotionally, completely in a story. Um, I've been, uh, I've, I have, or I had, perhaps I should say, um, uh, pretty common, uh, pretty constant um, recurrences of uh, condition that would is now described as uh, um, major depression and general generalized anxiety disorder. I have both of those. Okay, and um, it, many um, there've been many instances in my life where where it has recurred, and as was as I'll describe later. But this was the first time that this this happened, and as a result of this, I had to leave. Um, I had to leave my studies. Um, I went back home and um, I, within a week, I was enrolled, I, I was, I entered um, one of the many large mental hospitals, as they were called at the time, that were there in England. And um, I um, be became an inpatient there. And um, yeah, and I stayed there for uh, the first time about three months or so. Um, finally stabilized and was discharged. And um, I took, then I took a month, um, six months off and returned in the, in the fall and the autumn to um, resume my, my uh, degree. And um, just much shorter time this time, maybe only about four weeks, the same thing happened. Um, breakdown, back home, back into into uh, hospital. And this time that was that was it. Um, I didn't go back. I um, decided that I was going to drop out of university, much to the consternation of my um, my parents, particularly my father. And I began um, existence as what I describe as um, a weekend hippie. Uh, kind of existence. In other words, I didn't drop out completely, um, but I I would do um, kind of low paying jobs to keep me to support me. And um, in the weekends, I would indulge to some extent in 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 um, in the drug culture. And um, but um, adding to what I was talking about early on, I never, I never really got into this too deeply, um, and was, in a way, my 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 mental, my fragile mental condition prevented me from the abuse, from indulging in the abuse of 
drugs that many of my friends um, did on a regular basis. And um, many of them, some of them um, didn't survive. But um, I, I stayed sort of, you know, kind of on the fringes of this, um, this and I experimented a little bit, but um, not a whole lot. Um, and so that was my that was my existence for a little while in mainly in London, living in London, doing that and um, living in squats. And <laughs> um, I. Uh, so that was the beginning of the 70s and then the mid the mid 70s, I took the next major step, if you like, a step to um, release somehow myself and that was um, I did something that was many of my friends a number of my friends were doing at the time I took an overland trip to India um, from this was in 1975 and um, way across Europe and Turkey Iran <coughs> Afghanistan and Pakistan and um, took that trip and um i stayed um lasted pretty well almost a year as a matter of fact and well it was an amazing it was an, of course an amazing adventure and for some a little while i completely forgot about you know my problems my emotional problems went away and with this incredible adventure um that i was having and um I guess I had two main purposes in going to India. Um, one of them was to smoke as much good hashish as I possibly could. <laughs> and um, I certainly did that. The other was um, a spiritual path, finding, you know, this whole idea of finding a guru and which would be the answer to all all of my you know all of my problems all of my unhappiness and everything that i that i had been up until that point well i did i did find i did find a guru and a spiritual path and i started to practice it and um, after a few more adventures in india i made my way back home and um I um, continued, went back to, to London and continued my, um, my weekend hippie existence with the addition of the, um, the, spiritual, the spiritual path. And um, so, but to, so just to give you an idea of what was truly going on for me though, in, at all levels, um, Shortly after getting back from this incredible adventure, you know, in um, uh, about two weeks later, after getting back, I was back in hospital again. And uh, this time, um, 
I experienced ECT for the first time, electroconvulsive therapy, um, which has a kind of a bad reputation. It's not actually as bad as um, some people think it is. It, it is a quite a valid treatment as far as conventional treatments are concerned for depression. But anyway, um, I received this and um, it eventually came out again um, and um, continued the rest of the 70s decade um, basically doing this, following this spiritual path. And um, then at the begin, at the end of that decade, the next big step happened in my life. I decided to move over to the US. And um, there was a number of reasons for this. Um, England was definitely um, very not in a good state at this time, in the late 70s. And, um, and also, um, basically, going over the States, I was, um, I was following my this spiritual path for a little while and um, but very soon after getting there the the spiritual thread ends temporarily again and um, once I got there there I was in California in the beginning of the 80s um, in Silicon Valley or very close to it and um, where everything was happening, you know, and um, I na naturally my I I turn to uh, to go what I used to call going straight um, once again, and um, and start and I decided to um, embark on a new career. Um, and um, well, I wasn't particularly in, wasn't particularly a computer type person. So uh, what I, I eventually ended up deciding to do was, believe it or not, accounting. I and um, I this gives sort of some idea again of what how my mind was at the time for cho choosing this. I think it was mainly sort of mainly it was a it was a security type thing, you know, accountants and then always going to need accountants and I'll never be out of a job even in a recession. Yeah, my whole mind was, 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 was now really obsessed with, you know, my own security and everything else. And anyway, um, I went back to study um, in California, first of all, junior college, and then I went back to, to university. Um, um, San Jose State University and um, began my um, academic, my second ac academic career and um, once again I did extremely well and um, in fact I found it quite easy compared to um, com compared to England <laughs> and um, ended up with a um, very good degree and um, um, prepared myself for a uh, 
looking for a new career as an accountant in in Silicon Valley and uh, in the beginning in the 90s. So um, just a note. Um, so my basically my my as I say, the spiritual thread kind of ends in the beginning of the 80s and and the emotional problems um, kind of take a little bit of remission over this time because um, because I was doing so well, you know, again, I was doing so well at school and I was succeeding somehow in my, my life and my outward life. So, yeah, so that took a little bit of a, a, a backseat for a little while. However, um, and then actually um, I returned at the end of the 80s. I went back to India for a, a short while and you know, other parts of Asia. I did a short trip there and then I got back and um, ready to and ready to start working as an accountant. And then I, um, so I did that for about less than a year before realizing that I do not want to do this for the rest of my life. And um, I enjoy numbers, yes, but um, I did not want to be having this, you know, as a career. And so I dropped out for the second time, basically, and returned to um, the, the semi-hippie existence that I was before and went back to um kind of went back to the counterculture which by by then was called the new age and i'm sure some people can um, remember how it was in that time in the late in in the early 90s um uh, a lot of talk about channeling ascension <laughs> Ascended Masters, ETs, all this kind of stuff. And I I got involved in that to some degree. I um, I actually channeled one or two entities. Um, and I went to live in a intentional community in California for almost a couple of years which was another kind of um, significant uh, event in my life. And um, I, while I was there, I got very exposed to, um, I got very exposed to uh, alternative healing and all, all other kinds of new age um, things. And um, you know, even new drugs coming out like ecstasy and uh so yeah i was i was there for so i was there for a couple of years and then i i went down to spend a little time in sedona that, that area um and finally in the mid 90s i spent a couple of years down in um, southern california where i was living in a motorhome at the time and working in the daytime as an ice cream man selling ice cream from a truck 
which was yeah, very a very unique experience um being regarded as a semi-god by several hundred kids you know it was quite a uh, quite an experience and made a little bit of money doing it as well it was very very good good period in my life but um then i i um i went back up to um back to northern california in about uh, yeah 96 or something like that um okay so that that was the that was the physical thread of the 90s um the emotional um well um shortly after um shortly after i dropped out again of course the the um the the darkness um began to return and um quite soon um quite soon i had the i was had the experience again of being inside a uh, psychiatric institution in this time in the us for the first time and um wasn't all that different to england but um anyway um and at this time um there were new drugs becoming available for depression um notably prozac and a few others and, and these gave me a certain amount of relief but really didn't um totally deal with the with the problem and um i had increasing um increasingly severe outbreaks of um, mental illness um, as the 90s um, wore on as, as that decade continued um, 1997 i called my annos horribles um, and what happened was i actually went back to england for a little while and enrolled in a hospital over there stayed there for um a few months eventually came back to california and um and the same process um continued there and um a, a thing that 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 began at this time and continued uh, recurred several times in my life was um in order to um really in order to become confined in a hospital which which was what i felt i really needed what i what i had to do what i felt i had to do because i i just didn't at, at these times i really couldn't wasn't able to take care of myself in order to get in there i would um, make a suicidal gesture gestures um not swallowing enough pills to kill me, of course, but um, just enough to to get me to get me um, committed, and, um, and that happened, as I say, on on a number of occasions, um, both both at this time and a little bit later, as you'll, as I'll describe. Um, so, yeah, so this 
so that was the 90s the the late 90s and um for me and um again still um far from far from happy um, very far from enlightened um and but um there yeah, i still surviving <laughs> still surviving and the end of the 90s um i made another big move um i chose i decided once again that i was going to choose go straight again choose a another career and um this time that that career was uh, as, as a psychiatric nurse um, psychiatric technician as uh, it's called over here and um yeah so obviously there was a certain element here of kind of giving back to giving back what i had what i had received all the the help i had received um over the years actually giving that back and that was sort of the idea part of the idea that was that was behind this career choice and um it did work out actually pretty pretty well um because i got a job as working for the state of california as a psychiatric technician and um first of all working with uh forensic mental health patients and later on with developmentally disabled clients as we as we term them i made um i, I made a pretty reasonable amount of money doing this and a lot of job security and good benefits working for the state um in addition i got married um at this time for the first for the second time first first had not been for very long but this time it lasted quite long quite a long time and so i became uh, i became as close as possible to realizing at this at this time in my life to realizing the the, the american dream and uh, bought a house and a couple of houses and um yeah so physically the physical thread was was kind quite quite at a max at this time um and as a result of this um the emotional the mental illness again um, went into someone into remission at the beginning um and um now the, the spiritual thread basically died off again um, at the beginning of the millennium for a little while but yeah the emotional was kind of okay for a few years but only for a few years um basically about towards the end of the decade um the darkness seemed to start started to manifest again 
in my life and um, my moods became increasingly more unstable and finally um, got to the point where once again I need to be to commit myself um, into treatment for inpatient treatment and um, by this time um, I realized that doing this this work which was quite not exactly um, um, difficult work but in some ways it was but um, I realized that you know I could I would be unable to continue doing this so I took um, a slightly early early retirement and um, uh, I went home um, and got a uh, and I got a reasonable um, quite a reasonable pension um, that was able, I was able to support myself um, however um, the mental illness didn't go away and um, for the next few years of the next decade I was pretty constantly in and out of um, treatment and um, yeah and then also um, again fairly inevitably my my marriage ended um, after a few years of, of that decade um, and my my wife didn't didn't, didn't um, disown me completely but um, did have to move out of, of the house and I started living alone and um, so that was my situation and um, that that was the that was my physical situation and my emotional situation which was really definitely not getting any better um, now also around about that time 2010 something like that the spiritual started up again and this time <laughs> it was about my discovery of the course course in miracles and um first of all i'd i'd, I'd had the book for a long time i'd, I'd had it in, in my possession but i hadn't read it and i started to read it i started to read do the lessons and then slowly i got in touch with a few people i went to um, some local groups and um But um, for quite a few years, I didn't really, didn't really, a couple of years, I didn't really go into it deeply. But then, uh, particularly after I left home, I, um, I started really um, a deep study of the course. It was basically, at that, at that point, it was the only thing I was doing. Um, and um, so I got to... 
I went through the text a number of times in great detail with different commentaries. I got pretty, pretty familiar with it. Um, and uh, finally, something pretty amazing ended, and it ended up happening. Excuse me. I wrote a book about the course and um, this book, which, which I have here called Divine Logic and Transcendental Metaphor um, was the title. I wrote it over a period of about a year. Um, by the way, I, I, this, this, this book is available on Amazon and although I haven't uh, promoted it hardly at all, um, people who've read it have been quite complimentary to me um, about it and um, for me it's just it, it's quite amazing because I can pick up this book now and I can learn from it I can I can actually learn from this book and um, the amazing thing about it was that um, a few a few months before I wrote this book. It, the whole thing took about a year to, to write, you know. A few months before that, I was in psychiatric hospital having ECT. And um, a few months not long afterwards, completing it, I was doing the same thing. So it wasn't that I was in a state of severe depression while I was writing it. But um, I was certainly not um, anything like in a in a state of uh, happiness, joy, or awakening. Um, I was um, so this this book I feel is just you know I feel it's a very just a very good example of what channeling i think really really is it was it was channeled i mean it was it wasn't me it wasn't martin that was um, martin as he was at the time who 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 wrote this book um so anyway um i um continued um with my continued with my exploration of the course and um, got to know one or two teachers um, and um, I went to a few few events I remember particularly a uh, um, event that took place in um, a national course in miracles event that took place in Las Vegas I think it was 2016 or something like that and I, which I attended, um, I was right in the middle of a severe, pretty severe depression, and it was it was just a unreal experience for me going to that that event. But um, yeah, but I went, and, um, and then um, somewhat a, a little bit. After that, a little bit longer after that, um, I actually um, I went down to um, 
to Mexico um, and a place called Chipala where there's a um, quite a large um, course uh, community down there following different teachers um, such as David Hofmeister and Jimmy Twyman and um, I um, and I stayed so I stayed down there and but would you know it um, shortly after completing a a weekend retreat with David um, I, I I relapsed into just a terrible terrible uh, depression and um, um, yeah it was it was just so it was just completely overwhelming and um, I have a few of my notes that I managed to somehow scribble down at the time and uh, you know they make very very um, disturbing reading um, to me now but um, uh, anyway I, I had that experience and um, then I um, returned briefly to California again uh, and had about a six-month reprieve if you like the calm before the storm <laughs> because um, I then went into um, the worst episode that I have yet experienced it, every all of these episodes each time it seemed like it was worse than it had ever been before but this one was definitely the what I call the apotheosis of my dark night of the dark 50 years of the soul um, and um, I even um, to begin with I even um, experienced for the first time becoming um, actually psychosis uh, I um, I was never, you know, I was, I was never a, um, I was never bipolar. Um, however, this, the particular, last about a month, I had a very, quite remarkable um, manic episode that occurred um, for about a month and where, yeah, I believe, I did believe I was Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was actually, I died and was resurrected seven times. I, I remember believing that, and that was actually happening. And um, I um, and I was going around um, blessing people and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, and I can just remember all of this stuff. I I, I wrote a little account of it, um, and actually and. Um, I um and but then shortly after that that only lasted a certain time but then I re relapsed into a very very severe psychotic depression that seemed that it was you know, it seemed to me that it was really I was really at the end of everything you know Bear in mind, I was really advanced in 
age at this time and I thought well this is it you know um, and I I was feeling that that um, my life was at an end basically um, I had I I was very convinced that I very convinced that I had dementia um, I didn't have I, I didn't have it. What I had was just extreme depression, but and anxiety. But of course, I mimicked all the, all the symptoms, and that just um, made it worse. And um, yeah, so um, I call this 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 final period my second anos horribilis, and this was more horrible than anything I can. Uh, anything that had gone before and um, I could I could well have ended up um, permanently incarcerated in some kind of a locked um, psychiatric geriatric psych, psychiatric unit um, I was rescued from that um, but um, fortunately, but um, still the depression was was there. It was just it seemed like it was basically never never going to go away. And um, so that with that um, comes the end of the first act of my story. Um, the uh, the dark night of the soul, the dark 50 years of the soul. And um, now I can move on to the process um, by which I um, got out of that and um, became the, the person that I am that I am now and always of course have been but um, I was hidden in that uh, very dark dream for so many years so um, how did what happened from there well I needed what I what I what I needed to get out of this was actually a kickstart, and that came in the form of a new a new form of treatment for intractable depression, which um, it called um, transcranial magnetic stimulation. And I was told about this previously. I've been told about this by a friend, but then all of a sudden, uh, my psychiatrist, um, who'd been treating me for you know more than a, a year previously, um, suddenly came up with this possible alternative treatment. And I knew right away that's that was it. This was what I. This was for me, and. Um, so I took it, and um, it what it consists of is um, it's nothing like ECT. What it is is just putting a couple of 
small electrodes on the frontal cortex and small pulses of electricity are released in rapid succession for a few minutes this happens and you have a few treatments of this and after just a few treatments of doing this my depression lifted and um it was ex explained to me that the, you know this was opening new neuronic pathways this in my brain this was what was explained to me physiologically what was what was going on um but um it was just a you know incredible feeling of release and i like to feel that from there the holy spirit took over there was a brief a brief relapse um and uh just just for a few days but then it was things were just okay again and um and this whole process um at that point took it sort of maybe took about a couple of months two or three months to kind of happen i remember one image that i had um i had in my mind at the time and that was that of a mountain um covered with a glacier you know and of course mountains are usually um symbols of uh, the spiritual path and this mountain was you know had been completely covered in snow and just got the image of the light the sunlight coming and just melting melting this um this glacier to reveal you know the summit of the mountain and that that, that was you know just a kind of an image that i had uh, of, the, of this process that was taking place i was realizing that i was now um ceasing to identify with that illusory being that um had kept my attention for all of those many years and identifying with who i really am you know which is a being of light and um there have been two really two processes two processes by which two parts by which this has happened and um the first one is consists of a gradual increased understanding of what forgiveness is forgiveness as described in the course what exactly that is and increasing realizations about what it is and um and to begin with of course realizing that it's definitely not about it's not forgiveness to destroy as it's called in the course and, and other people it's, and ultimately yeah it's not got hasn't really got anything to do with other people <laughs> it's all about myself and um the um the next step was um 
I, I assume most people are familiar with with um, David Hofmeister's um, levels of mind um, diagram that sort of has it, it has emotions at the top and then it goes to thoughts, uh, beliefs and um, desires. Okay. And my focus was on those desires. It wasn't the desire. And I have, you know, I have, um, there's a couple of course teachers that, that I owe, I owe to for this, for this um, understanding. Um, but um, it's, it, it, it's also, I, I am the famous um, lines in chapter 21 of the course, um, I am responsible for what I see, I choose the feelings I experience, and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. And this, this is, um, you know, really understanding this and realizing that, you know, every experience, every experience that I have, every one, I desire to have it because that's why it's there. That's why it's happened. And all I have to do is to give it away. I just have to, first of all, become aware of it. And that's this desire. I have to be aware of why, you know, why I'm, how I'm feeling this way, what is benefiting me to have this desire. And then I can give it up, give it up to Jesus or the Holy Spirit or whatever symbol you want to use for this. So this, um, but then um, the, my, my concept of forgiveness went even further than this. And um, it actually now once goes beyond concepts. And um, there's another passage in the course, which I, I like to quote, um, it comes towards the end and it says, I do not know the thing I am and therefore do not know what I am doing, where I am or how to look upon the world or on myself. I call this in my book, I call this the Alzheimer's affirmation. Um, but it's basically, it's like, yeah, you know, um, these, um, these things, this, these desires are really, um, they're beyond, they're beyond concepts, you know, um, and ultimately, Ultimately, what it is that I'm confronted with here is not, ultimately, it's just kind of, first of all, I can see it as kind of a blob of energy, you know, that doesn't have any, that's seemingly blocking my path, blocking the light from me. And moreover, you know, I don't know what, I have really no idea, I cannot what to do about this and 
I have to basically I have to come down to a place of where I really have do not know what to do. I I, I don't know, and I just completely I call it supplication. State of complete. Just tell me, Jesus. Tell me, Holy Spirit. I don't know. I know what question I have to ask. I don't know anything. I just want to give up this blob of energy to you. And in in doing this, um, yeah, um, this this is like. This seems to bring just just a deeper level, a deeper level of awareness to what to what forgiveness really is. I take myself, my own concepts, out of it completely. And I suppose maybe the final step is to see all these different blobs of energy as one and that I can release it just like that that really is possible to do in the holy instant and that's all we need to know so the other So the, the path of forgiveness, I call the, I call it the indirect path. The other path that was part of my process, I call the direct path. And um, this, um, and and this um, first came to me um, sometime in the middle of the last decade, previous decade of. And two fifth two thousand sixteen. I don't know when it was exactly, but um, suddenly I was um, I was studying the course, and um, the Holy Spirit came to me, and um, it brought back my remembrance of the spiritual path that I, I had followed way back in the seventies and eighties, and um, the meditation that I was given to do and um, I was um, guided to start doing that meditation again um, and not only that um, but I was uh, not only that but I was um, given a whole new way of doing of doing this doing this meditation whole new whole new manner of doing it and a whole new way of teaching it and very quickly i really um had great benefits great realizations um, occurred as i when i started to practice it in this way and furthermore i was also given the the guidance that i should start to teach this meditation to other people and um, particularly mighty companions in the course 
basically that's what that's what I've been doing um, slowly and it's still something that is very much in process at the moment um, so um, yeah this um, this meditation is perfectly completely compatible with um, the practice of forgiveness in the course um, and it's it's just it's been it's just a well it's it's a um, quite something i can't really even put into words but um anyway i am offering this and to anybody who wishes it and um so that is my that is basically my story and um Thank you, uh, Wanako, for allowing me to uh, tell it. You're very welcome. And we've come to the time where we are going to um, close up. So is there anything else you would like to quickly share about how one can reach you and what what this style of meditation would be like for someone who would like to learn it sure um it's um well first of all how to reach me um i can um i'm uh, available on facebook for anybody who's who who wants to get in touch with me i i can also um leave here perhaps um, my details, including my phone number and all, all, all of that. In order to receive this meditation, it has to be, um, it, it has to be personally transmitted. So I have to actually be there with, with you to give it. Although um, it is possible that people that i have already initiated can perform the can perform the initiation and with this is something that's just kind of been developing recently uh, in terms of in terms of getting the meditation what it's like well well i can say it's not like any other kind of meditation that um that you've uh, ever done before ever done before it's and it's not it does not involve taking up um sacrificing i should say parts of your day daytime um, in order to sit and do it it's not like that um it's um that's pretty well I can't really say too much else about it except um, mm. yeah I mean it's it does um, really all I ask is a if anybody is a commitment to to practice it because <clears throat> you can only have the experience um, 
you can only have the experience by by practicing it but um but when you do experience it it will bring very very significant um changes which i can't really even i can't really put into words but um um those those will come about with uh with constant practice in the way that i advise to do so um yeah so i i don't think i can say too much else but i i would like certainly anybody who is interested to contact me about it great so thank you so much for coming on the holy spirits curriculum of joy podcast joining us here and sharing your story you're very welcome Buraka. thank you very much for having me and thank you everyone for joining us and listening to this watching this please subscribe to the podcast or to the youtube channel or wherever you like and leave reviews if you want and I'd appreciate you also contact me if you want to be a guest. So thank you all of you. Blessings and till next time. Blessings. <laughs>